You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. People don't realize we, we are on, on the verge of a commodity boom. Uh, I think we're just in the, the beginning stages of it. I'm Bill Powers. It's Mining Stock Education. Joined today on the show for the monthly check-in with my friend Nick Santiago from InTheMoneyStocks.com. Nick, welcome on to the show. Let's jump right into it. What was your best commodities trade over the past 30 days? Well, it's wheat. I, I traded wheat recently um, a few weeks back, and we, we I nailed the bottom, basically. And I did it with the ETF, W-E-A-T uh, is a symbol. But it's really, I'm looking at the wheat futures chart when I do that. And, um, you know, in two weeks, we made 16% on the second half. Total gain was over 11%. I know some people don't think that's a, a good gain. But, um, you know, again, we've already uh, educated those them in a recent <laughs> show, though, I remember. <laughs> but that's a very good gain. So that that's been my um, best swing trade as of late, though. So, you know, that that's a pretty good one. And I'm going to repeat that one because we just pulled back quite a bit um, from from about uh, the peak of a, of a week and a half ago. So uh, I'm going to I'm going to get back into that week shortly. You know, if you could get the W.E.A.T. anywhere around six dollars. Um, I think that's you know a really good trade right now. It's probably around six forty. So if you can own that around six dollars, you could trade that up well into the low eights. Nick, when I talk to just uh, some friends in my sh- social networks, I've mentioned uh, UNG as a good trade based on your advice to me as well as others. Uh, you still think that's a good trade? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I trade UNG, but really I do it because of my members, right? So I want to be in the same product that they're in. A lot of them don't have futures charts or else I'd be in just NACAS futures, which I think have bottomed out already. They're, it's making higher lows. Um, you know, these are big time frame patterns, like a monthly chart pattern. So it's starting to work its way up and go up the right side on the chart. Um, but it just takes a little bit of time. You know, everybody wants instant gratification. I mean, I've been in and out of NACAS several times uh, throughout this year and last year and, and made money just about every time. Um, so this one's been a little bit of a grind because you've got a lot of geopolitical events going on right now. And, you know, when there's geopolitical events going on, there's a lot of funny business out there. Um, you know, manipulation of, of, of certain, uh, commodities. It's always been the case. It always will be, but, um, you know, natural gas generally bottoms out in the first quarter every, every year. And uh, I think it did that this year. And, you know, now it's just starting to work its way higher. But um, I, I love Nat Gas right now, and it's, it's one of my favorite plays. Nick, I know you look at the charts, not the fundamentals, but the fundamental argument for a bullish oil in the second half of this year, I've bought into that thesis. We'll see if I'm right. Crude is at $73. You said it could go down to 50 then you would be buying hand over fist. As your friend, I'm hoping you're wrong and I'm right because I own some small oil stocks. Uh, what's your updated thesis here? Well, there's a difference sometimes between oil stocks and oil the commodity, right? So right now you see oil probably trading around, you know, 74, 73, and it's, it's got a lot of overhead resistance at 75. So for your sake, you know, hopefully it gets above 75 and it, it'll start to work its way higher. But at the moment, um, if, if it gets rejected here and we start testing the May lows and you take out the May low pivot, it's going to go to 50. So, you know, I never know what anything is going to do. I just know the technical setup. If a certain level gets breached, it can go higher and go to the next level. On the downside, if a certain support area gets breached on a closing basis, it can go to the next 
lower support area. So that's how I do it. And, you know, I look at various time frames and I work out those patterns on, on different frames. And, um, that's what it's told me. So, you know, um, I know every time I'm always known for making some, you know, bold call and it takes time to get there and you get there and everybody, you know, praises you. I I don't look for that praise or anything like that. I just want to help people out and say, Hey, this is the setup. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty confident though, if it gets to 50, you'll be a buyer with me. So, um, you know, that, that's the way it's set up. And, um, you know, hopefully for in, in the short term, it goes higher than 75 and it could take that breakout break point out and you can go a little higher. But at the moment, I, I know it's, it's, it's got a lot of resistance around the 75 level. So, you know, if it could get through there, then you're going to be, um, you're going to be looking good, but I'm not in oil right now. And, um, like I said, I would be in oil though at 50 and I would buy it hand over fist. Cause that's going to be just an incredible opportunity. Cause I think oil goes easily back to, you know, 120, 130, even maybe 150 or new all-time highs that were made back in 2008. So you look at gold, we talk about gold every week. And as you've referenced here with oil and some of the other things you look at, you also adjust your targets depending on how things are performing. So with gold, when we've talked, you could see a pullback to 1450. Then in subsequent months, you got a little more bullish saying, man, maybe pull back to 1500, 1550. Where are we at, Nick? Where might gold pull back? Well, (laughs) now it would be 1600. Okay. Maybe even 1610. You know, anywhere in that low 1600 range, I'd have to be a buyer that uh, I think it was November 2022 low. I think that's what it was. I don't have the, the charts in front of me. But, um, you know, that's where I would go now because it, it stayed up so long. It's, it's, it rallied back above 2000, obviously on the back of the financial crisis. Um, but if you get gold back down there, 1600, and even if it goes into the 1500 handle, who cares? You know, it's, it, it's not going lower. There's a floor in gold now. Now we have, you know, uh, the BRICS nations starting potentially a gold-backed currency, um, the central bankers have been buying gold hand over fist. So, I, I mean, you know, I, I really have a hard time now chart wise, just looking at the chart, seeing it go below 1600. I'm, I'm hoping it gets down there because I want to, uh, I want to participate in that next big run because I do believe we are on the cusp of, of a commodity boom. And, you know, they're all not going to take off at the same time. Some of them have like sugar. Um, has already made its move. That one is done. That will have a big correction. But things like um, silver, gold, uh, natural gas, I mean, these these neck copper is another one. Copper has another dip, but that's going to be an incredible, incredible opportunity. I mean, this is where you can make real, real big money and, um, you know, money that can, can change your life a little bit. So, you know, I, I look for these type of patterns back in 2020. I did that with copper. You know, people thought I was crazy and it, it went bananas, right? So it, it'll be, it'll have that same kind of run and make new highs. So people don't realize we, we are on on the verge of a commodity boom. Uh, I think we're just in the the beginning stages of it. And, and like I said, some things aren't going to go right away. Some things like copper still have a lot of correction to be done. Gold still has a lot of correction to d- be done. Silver, not so much. Silver has a little bit lower to go, but, you know, silver is going to react first before gold. It's, its relative strength is there. The pattern is there. Um, the support levels are there. So there's a lot of opportunity. Remember, Bill, when I got back into silver in September of uh, 
2022, people were laughing at me, right? When I said it's going to go down to 1750, it got there. I mean, my group, we, you know, some guys made life-changing money. Some guys can retire off of what they did. Via the options or um, the, oh, the, the ETF. Oh, we did. Yeah, we did. You know, we, we made about, um, I think it was over 30%, 40% in swings. And we made way over 200% in options in three months. Mm. I mean, that's, those are pretty, I mean, for me, hey, some guys out there may say that's not good. But for me, that, those are good. That's good money. Especially in that short amount of time. How, how do you balance oh, patience with greed? Especially when you're a trader, right? Because you're looking for that quick money. How do you balance that, Nick? Well, for me, you know, I'm, I, I like to, 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 the analogy I've been using since I started this company was we, we want to act like the lion in the jungle. You know, sometimes the lion goes a, a long time without having a big meal. But there's that time when he's just lurking and waiting in the brush for the opportunity. And then that zebra comes along or that wounded animal comes along and him and his pride get to have a big meal. And that's what I always tell traders. I say, you have to be patient. You have to let the setup come to you. The day that you force your will on the market, you lose. In fact, I forced my will in a day trade on Friday. I've, I've gone now, I can't tell you how many weeks without a losing day trade. And Friday, I lost on a day trade because I forced my will. You get a little cocky, a little bit arrogant. But the truth of the matter is you let those charts come to you. You let the setup occur and you watch and wait. And patience pays. That's the saying. And then, you know, when you get that right setup, that's where you take advantage. Were you on vacation Friday? So you trade on vacation? No, I was just, I got back from vacation on uh, Wednesday night. Okay, because we night. texted and you were yeah. you were out of town. <laughs> yes, I was out of town. I got back from vacation on Wednesday night. Okay, so what are some of the other good trades you're looking at in the metals? Platinum, palladium, well, rhodium? Yeah, You follow any oh, of these? Oh, yeah. So, so platinum is going to be another good one. Now, you're going to want to wait for the 1860 level. It's down to 1860. Yeah, I'm, I'm giving a rough estimate. So it could be 1865. Don't hold me to the penny on this. I, I'll get an email saying, hey, this thing went, when you said it was 1860, and it went at 1862. In that 1860 area, that's going to be a very good play on platinum. And that could define a major bottom for that as well. So um, that's a spot. Copper, I like lower. I don't have my copper numbers in front of me. But uh, I think copper has one more significant correction to make. And then that will be, you know, a, a monster buying opportunity. And you could play it with copper stocks, right? You could buy Southern Copper. You could buy Freeport MacMoran. You know, there are various ways of playing. They have a, an ETF called a COPX, C-O-P-X. It's a way of playing all the copper equities. So those are all going to be good plays. And they're, you know, they're, they're setting up now. They're in the corrective mode. Then, so they're not ready yet, but they're going to get, um, or going to become, you know, very, very good opportunities. What do you see the Federal Reserve doing uh, in the near term, next three months? Well, they're in a little bit of a pickle. If that two-year Treasury note yield gets back above the 5% level, they're going to have to start to think about raising rates. I know they talk a tough game, and then they don't, may not do it. Uh, they'll say they're going to raise rates. They'll act hawkish. But the reality, they know if, if rates go up, the, the stock market will struggle. Um, but you know, they're in a tough, tough position. That's why I do think the fed is going to do what they said. They're going to raise rates by a quarter point on July 26, which is the next meeting. And then they'll probably pause again. So, you know, they'll give everybody a little bit of a break and then they may raise one more time before the end of the year. Um, but the bottom line is they're not going to control inflation. 
I, I, everybody thinks inflation's going down and bond yields are going lower too. That's not going to happen. Bond yields are not going to go lower. We've been in a, a bear market for um, for yield for so long. Now yields are breaking out and they're only going to go higher. Plus you have a proxy war going on between Russia and, and, and the United States. I, everybody says Russia and Ukraine, but we're funding, the United States is funding this war uh, spending billions of dollars. It's ridiculous. And that war is inflationary, especially it's not only going on in Russia and Ukraine, it's going even on in Sudan, which people don't realize. And that's a proxy war. So, you know, you're you're basically funding it, even though your troops are not fighting it. And um, there's no end in sight. So that that's inflationary. You have all supply disruptions going on. Wildfires going on in Canada. You, you have tons of, of disruptions that are constantly happening. They're not happening, you know, in big droves like the COVID crisis where manufacturing was shut down, but they're still happening. And these are inflationary. So um, I think, you know, I, I think inflation is going to stick around for a while and and people have to get, you know, have to realize that. And, and, and traders realize that, you know, it's just the media won't tell you that. What's the best market to short right now? It's a hard market to short right now in general, because the market, if you notice, bottomed out, well, we made a, a higher low on, on uh, March 13th, the S&P, that is, the S&P 500. And the reason for that is there's a financial crisis going on in this country because of the inverted yield curve and the wackiness in bond yields, right? The two-year and the 10-year have been inverted for over a year now and almost by 100 basis points. So, you know, that that's a lot of distortion. And, um, you know, the banks have been absolutely creamed. We had three banks obviously fail. So as long as there's a financial crisis, the Fed is going to keep injecting liquidity into the system through the special discount window, through the program they've done with other central banks. So that's the reason for the rally or we'd be at new 52 week lows right now. So it's, it's always about liquidity. You know, I tell my group that some people get it, some people don't, but, um, you know, it, it's just about central bank liquidity. You know, the United States um, central bank, which is the Federal Reserve, they could print money. And that's what they do. They print money and they throw money at the system and the system, you know, responds by buying equities. Where else, where else can they put the money? So, you know, that's what's happening right now. And um, as long as the financial crisis is in town, you know, the markets go higher. But I do think we're probably going to see that end in, in possibly August. So I would start to be careful around August. Are you avoiding the VIX, the volatility index? Yeah, you have to avoid the VIX because the products around it, unless you trade the actual VIX itself, are horrible. But like I told my group, you know, 13 was a very attractive level for the for the VIX. But the volatility products like VXX or VIXY, they're horrible. They're skewed and they don't really track it that well. So there were days where the VIX had a big surge and the vol volatility products went down. So I, I avoided it. But at, at some point I will play it if it if it does get extreme enough. So, um, but I just, I've, I've avoided it now for well over a year, maybe, you know, almost two. All right. Last question. Your best and worst trades. Perhaps you've already shared your best trade over the last 30 days, but your best and worst, please. So swing trading wise, I, I have, um, I had two losers this year that one for 8%, I think, and one for about 10%. Uh, I'm trying to even think what they are right now. Your last uh, worst trade was home builders. You told us. Yes. Yes. But that was an option. Okay. So that was KB Homes. I took 100% loss. And that's been it. That's That's been my best trade, believe it or not, recently was a Pfizer option where I made 62% in, I think, a day or two. 
So that was that was that was a good one, and uh, that's still my best one. I've had a bunch of a few options since then, and have done real well. But that that's still that KB home option was was my worst. And and you know what, I'm going to have probably two or three or those a year where you know they're going to expire worthless on me. It's just you know law of averages how it works out. Nick's website is inthemoneystocks.com. Go over there to check out Nick's service. And you're, you haven't retired yet, Nick. You've talked about it even on this show, but you're going to give it a go a little further. Well, I got to give it a little, uh, go a little bit further. I promised a few people I would stick around, but, um, you know, the, 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 the fishing poles and the boating, uh, your new fishing boat (laughs) is calling you. (laughs) That's right. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that day, but uh, I'll stick around a little bit longer and I hope everybody can benefit from it. Hopefully, I'm of, I'm of use to other people. And, um, you know, again, it's it's been a privilege and an honor for me to be able to help people out. So, you know, I'm here for a little while longer, but uh, I, I'm, you know, it's not far off. All right. Thanks, Nick. Thank you, Bill. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10-for-1 returns as there is in small-cap and micro-cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident and just do your work as best you can. Do your very best, but don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on miningstockeducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.